Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to them, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth 
choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. In children's ministry, we used to sing this parable. The sower, the sower went out to sow, went out to, sow to, plant some seed, to plant some seed in hope that it would grow. That it would grow. Some seed fell on the path. Tweet, gulp. That's the birds. Some, some seed, seed fell on the rocks. Ow! That's the rock. Some, some seed, seed fell in the weeds. <laughs> that's choking out the word. Some, some seed fell on the good ground. Mm. Ah. The sower went out to sow in hopes that the seed he threw would grow. Thank you, babe. Okay. That's awesome. This parable is in three of the Gospels, Matthew 12, Luke 8, and the famous Mark 4. If you've ever been to a Word of Faith church for long at all, they're going to preach to you from Mark chapter 4. The sower sows the Word. I prefer Matthew 13 because it tells you what that Word is. It's not just a verse that you pull up and claim, you know, but it is the message of the kingdom of God that bears fruit in our lives. God's kingdom is a reality today. It is coming, and yet it is here. So we're living in the now, looking for the not yet. And the kingdom comes to reign in the earth through us. So what's most important in your personal life is who's reigning in this house rather than any other house. So in Matthew 12, he is in a boat on a body of water, water projects sound. He's in a body of water that's the lowest freshwater lake on the surface of the earth, and sound there does unusual things. It travels great distances without a lot of great effort. So with that dynamic happening and, and him teaching the words of life and obviously the help of the Holy Spirit, he ministered as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit, yet he was the Son of God, Son of God and Son of Man. He teaches this parable. The word parable is something that is alongside. It's a parallel. It's a story that illustrates something. And he does it for two reasons. He does it to hide truth from those that are not uh, humble. To get this parable, you've got to consider yourself as dirt. Prideful people won't do that, so they won't get it. Uh, <clears throat> or as one of these other areas. Also, to help remember truth. Straight truth is hard to take and it's hard to remember. But if you put it to music or you put a story with it, it illustrates it, it sticks with you. And the truth of this parable sticks with you. He says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. Now in this story, Jesus is that farmer and the seed is the message of the kingdom. As he was scattering seed, just broadcasting it, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. Can you say shallow? It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plant. (coughs) 
Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop. Can you say fruitful? A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. I don't know how much wheat it takes to sow an acre, but I know an acre will produce, if it's planted right, 3,000 pounds of wheat. The most important verse today is, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. We want to hear, but we want to have ears to hear. Not enough just to hear, but it's to listen. Not enough for sound to vibrate our eardrums, but for us to catch the truth that is being conveyed. Now, this is something kind of new to them. So the disciples asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? This is a new thing, Lord. He replies, because knowledge, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Well, that is contrary to fairness, isn't it? If you don't have, you ought to get something, right? But if you have, you ought to give it away. You know. But in spiritual things, what you have can grow. And what you don't have, not going to do anything in your life. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Israel. And here it is from the Old Testament. You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. So God's going to carry them through the process of his judgment upon them. You know, Pharaoh hardened his heart enough times till God started hardening his heart. And uh, when God hardens your heart, man, you, you're going to go down for the whole process of his judgment. We don't want that, do we? So... When you refuse to change the spiritual opinions you formed before you are informed of the actual truth, that is a hardened heart. Ain't nobody going to change my mind. Well, that, that is hardened heart. We must all be teachable. But verse 16 is where we all want to be. Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see but did not see it, and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. Whenever anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is a seed sown along the ground. So understanding is important. There's a proverb that says, with all you're getting, get understanding. It takes hunger, it takes teachableness, it takes study, it takes listening, it takes thirsting to understand. And it takes speaking up, saying, hey, I don't understand. That's humility. The only dumb questions are those you never ask. 
The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and all at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When he told the parable, he said, because the earth was shallow. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. They get excited about the things of God, and then, oh, this isn't always a joy ride. I'm out of here. Next, I think I'll try new age, or I'll try something else, or I'll dabble in this or that and the other. That's the problem with the promise box gospel, where you just pick and choose like you're at a cafeteria. I'll take some of this, take some of that. There's less than 2,500 pages in your Bible, but people treat it like it's a library of information, and it's just too much. And so they, you know, live off the promise box or the cute little promise book they buy at the bookstore. If you have those, they're great. They're encouraging. They're awesome. But they're not a substitute for reading the whole picture. People do that with Acts. They cherry pick. This is called cherry picking. Cherry pick the book of Acts and then beat their church up for not being exactly like what their cherry picked version of Acts. But if you read all of Acts, there's riots, there's revival, there's beatings, there's sickness, there's even a snake bite, there's shipwrecks. Yeah, there's revival, right? But there's all the other stuff of life, too. There's betrayal, there's division. All right, moving right along. (laughs) Verse 22, the seed fallen among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. What is the deceitfulness of wealth? It's not wealth, it's the deceitfulness of wealth. The root of all evil is not money, it's the love of money. It's the believing that money is the cure for all your problems. It's the believing that you have a right to have what everybody else has. It's believing that if you can borrow it, it must be the will of God. Beware of salesmen that do do that. Years ago, we had a a, uh, man of the church that worked for, let's just say, manufactured housing sales place. And here's what they taught their salesmen. Here's how you handle those Christians. If they come in looking, say, let's just fill out the paperwork. And then you guys pray. And if the loan goes through, then you know it's the will of God. Oh, confirmation, 100% down and easy monthly payments. All right, back to the sermon. Verse 23, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So like Jesus, we share the gospel The message of the kingdom, everywhere we go, we do not pick and choose, oh, that's thorny ground there, that's rocky ground there, that's wayside ground. Oh, I think that person's right to be saved. You don't do that. Who's been to Israel? You would think that's some of the sorriest land to farm in in your life. And yet some of the richest crops in the world come out of there. You don't judge by appearance. You just share the seed. Share the love of God. Most of us weren't the ideal candidates for Jesus, right? He said it's the sick that need the physician, right? So anyway, let's pray. Lord, I ask you to speak to us today from your word. 
in such a way that it impacts how we live and how we hunger and thirst after righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, welcome to Parables, our summer series. While our children are with us, we have bags for them to pick up in the back that has activities that are coordinated with the sermon for the week. And that way you can see what they're doing and you can talk to them about that parable and wind up discipling your kids for the summer. Isn't that awesome? We ought to be doing it anyway, but we thought it'd be nice to give you those tools. So today we're going to talk about the sower, the seed, and soils, specifically four kinds of hearers. Can you hear me now? I used to have a singular phone, and at that time in Granbury, before they merged with AT&T and became the great network they are now, I'm still a customer, but while I wasn't, I said, it's called singular for a reason. Because most of the time you're by yourself, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? So this, this commercial was not a joke to me. It was very real. Four kinds of soil. There's the hardened hearer, the, the person that doesn't understand. They've heard the word, but they don't understand, or they don't value, or they don't want to understand, study. So the word gets robbed by the kingdom of darkness. They just let it go. They feed the birds of the air. Many times in the parables, the birds are not a, a good thing. We read, anyone who hears a message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. In Mark's version, chapter 4, he says, the farmer sows the word. That's the message of the kingdom. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. So this thing can happen fast. So when you listen, you got to listen quick. In Luke 8, this is the meaning of the parable. Verse 11, the seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So if you're witnessing to someone and you, you feel they're distracted, don't write them off. They may be having a rough time or spiritual warfare may be going on. You know, the birds, the enemies are trying to steal the word. So pray next time and get back with them again and watch different results. Sometimes in farming, you've got to plow. You've got to prepare the soil, right? Then there's the rocky ground. You say, rocky. They get excited. Sometimes a good ground, you don't think the seed's working. You don't want to dig it back up, though, because it takes a while because it's building roots. But rocky ground, the, the thing's coming up because the roots are hitting the, the rock. They're shallow, no depth, easily discouraged, giving up. I'm reminded of um, another verse in the New Testament where the Scriptures talk about a time coming when people would not endure sound teaching, and they would have itching ears, heaping to themselves teachers that will tickle their ears. Tell me something good. Tell me what I want to hear. Yeah. And so that's going on in our day. So you got to watch out for that. I went into what was that at that time the largest Christian bookstore in the Metroplex, uh, in the, in the, in, you know, between Dallas and Fort Worth. 
And uh, there was a big display of a book entitled, How to Get What You Want from God. Man, it might encourage you for a while, but is that really the truth? Is that what we want, to be in the driver's seat all the time? Yes, I do. God is my co-pilot. No, no, no. We've got we've to get in the back seat and let him drive this thing. How to allow God to get what he wants out of our life should be the book we should read. Our text said the seed fallen on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word at once, receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. When things don't go their way, this is consumer Christianity. Whole movements are built on getting people's, they call it getting their needs met, but it's really not their needs met. It's their fancies tickled. I uh, was having a hard time relating to a particular family member of mine, someone close in the family, and I had to get something out of this person's trunk, and there was a hardbound book, expensive book, entitled How to Win Every Argument. (laughs) So it's no longer a quest for truth or understanding. It's how to manipulate the situation. (laughs) Sounds appealing. Some of you are thinking, man, (laughs) I I, I wish I wrote that book. That guy no doubt made some good money, right? In Mark 4, it says, Others like seed on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. So the same birds that steal the word with the hardened hearers will attack the word in the rocky hearers. Opposition comes. may not be a demon keeping you awake at night with nightmares, but it may be somebody at work really giving you a hard time because the birds are disturbing him. Who knows? Anyway, I love this picture. It is from Luke 8. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. But they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall God's word will test you. Did Joseph have a word from God? He did. But Psalm says, until that word came to pass, and it took years, that word tested him. He probably thought, God, I was sleeping just fine. Why did you have to give me those dreams? And why did I have to tell my brothers? So those words tested him. But they also encouraged him not to give up. Better time is coming. The story's not over. The thorny ground is when we have other priorities, other goals, other desires. We listen to other voices. Could be our preconceived notions or prejudices. It could be our competitive nature wanting to keep up with the Joneses. You know, you, you can't do that. Check the phone book. There's too many of them. The seed fallen along the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, choke the word, making it unfruitful. You want to 
get rid of the weeds before you plant your seed, right? I was visiting a friend one day, and he had ripe squash in his garden. And weeds are all around it. I said, man, why don't you weed your garden? He says, no, man, they keep the bugs away, which was true in his case. But I guarantee you, when he planted those crops, the weeds were gone until it got a foothold. So those of us that are growing in the things of God, we're good soil. We got to be careful because weeds will try to come back. And while they may keep a certain element of the bugs away, they will rob you of your fruitfulness in the long run because they're competing with you for your time, for your devotion, for your passion, for your thoughts, your thought life. Still others, Mark 4, like seed among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, make it an unfruitful. What is a deceitfulness of wealth? Well, if you had another dollar, you'd be happy. That's deceit. That's deceit. If you got this loan, you'll be happy. If you just got all your debts consolidated, I'm not saying not to do that, you'll be happy. That's not true. Plenty of people get their, get their debts consolidated one loan, Looks like wisdom, but because it doesn't make them happy, before long they got other debts again. Then they got to get a reconsolidation loan. Our joy comes from the master. Our joy comes from the word. Can I get a big amen? Luke 8 says, The seed that fell among thorns stand for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries Riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. There is so much in this parable that is relevant to us even today in this hour. If you were not here last Sunday, I encourage you to check out that message. It's on the first parable in Matthew about the wise man building his house on the rock, building his house on the sand. Very challenging word that goes right along with this. There are storms that are going to come. Winds are going to blow. Waves are going to hit. But the person built on the rock is going to stand. There's a verse in Psalms that says, The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters. The Lord on high is mightier than the mighty waves of the sea. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. That's life. Life is nonstop chaos. It is. But in Christ... We have a foundation in his word. The fourth kind of hearer is what we all want to be. It's the good hearer, the listening hearer. He who has ears to hear, let him hear, he said. The good hearer is the person who understands 
and there's results. Obedience happens. There's good works that happen. You don't have good works because uh, you're a good person. You have good works because the Word is good, and it produces in you and I the desire to please the Master. So there's reproduction that happens from good soil. I've lived in Illinois where the soil is black and rich, and you get tired of cornfields. I mean, it is miles and miles of cornfields. I've lived in Mississippi where the soil is so red it will stain your clothes, but it is rich country. But there's no comparison to the luscious riches of the tropics in Africa, man. They'll clear part of the forest to build their farm, and in a handful of years, the forest is right back. So rich. May God make us like that. That when life's cares knock us down, we get back up. We may fall down, but we get up. Our text said, the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 100, 60, or 30 times what was sown. This is not percentage. This is 100. You know what 100 times is in percentages? That's 10,000%. That's, that's a great investment. In Mark 4, others like seed sown on the good soil hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Little do you know the impact you're having on the lives of others. Who has respect for Billy Graham? Millions of lives impacted. Because of one seed that was sown in his heart. Luke 8. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So our question today is what kind of soil are you? Miss Yvette is coming to give her testimony. Come on up there. Looking at these four types of soil, it just hit me. I actually had a progression of going through each one of those from a child. But when I was 14, uh, let me preface, I was not raised in a Christian home. I was raised in a good home. Good business people were my parents. I have a Jewish heritage in my life and some Christianity just all kind of mixed up. In school in Africa and most European countries up until recently, I guess, um, religious instruction classes were mandated. If you were Protestant, you went to a Protestant class. If you were Catholic, a Catholic class, Orthodox, Jewish, we all had our different classes. Anyway, I landed up in a Christian class and I just didn't get it. From a child, I went to them, and I think from a, the get-go, I had a hardened heart. Um, I didn't understand. I didn't care. I thought it was stupid. As I grew older, I wasn't even conscious of what my heart looked like. I was going to a high school with, that was a co-ed high school, and 
and my parents noticed that I was starting to get in with the wrong crowd. Boy crazy, you know, you know how that goes. So my parents said, you're 14, we're taking you out of the school, we're putting you in an all-girls school, and they put me in Queen Elizabeth High School. I was mad. Almost got expelled about three months later because of a boy, but we won't go there. Anyway, while I was at the, the co-ed high school, this sweet lady would teach a class on Christianity, and again, I thought it was stupid, and I did my best to disrupt the class. I did my best to make her look like an idiot. Yeah, I was that girl. I did my best to be like the clown in the class, and I got her crying every now and again. I'm like, yeah, I made her cry. Let that sink in. Then I go to Queen Elizabeth High School, and that same lady is volunteering to teach the Bible in this Christian class that I now have to be in. And she saw me, and I saw her, and I thought, oh, no, not that girl, not that lady. I thought she probably thought the same about me. Oh, no, not that girl. Well, a couple of months into her teaching, for some reason, that one particular day, I had ears to hear. And she taught on the parable of the sower and the seed. And I listened. I listened. And I realized that I had hardened my heart and that I was not good soil at the age of 14. How much can you do by that age, right? And so I thought, I've got to change. I need to be good soil. That's what makes sense. So I went to her at the end of the class and I said, Mrs. Rogers, how do I become good soil? She said, well, you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and you ask him to forgive you of your sins and you ask him to change your heart from being a hardened heart and ask him to give you a good heart and he'll do it. And I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So it was kind of like process of elimination. That's how I get my heart changed. So she led me in a prayer and led me to the Lord in public high school at the age of 14. And at the end of the prayer, she goes, by the way, you know those times you made me cry at Mount Pleasant High School? I'm like, yeah, I'm really sorry about that. She said, I was crying for your soul. I was crying for your soul. Oh, wow. I was speechless. Thank you. Thank you, is what I said. So that day, I asked the Lord to make me good soil, and he did. I said yes to him, and I've been saying yes ever since. And so several years later, I realized I had a call to ministering to teenagers and youth. (laughs) They're my people. And I ended up doing exactly what Miss Rogers did for years, ministering to the youth of this nation, pouring in good seeds, trusting that there would be a day when they would hear, they would listen, and they would say, I want to be good soil too. Thank you. Twenty years ago, 
we met a, another couple from Rhodesia, and when roadies get together, they have lots of talking to do to see who they all know. And they knew this lady and were in touch with her, and Yvette was able to write her. She was in her 90s. She lived on the island of Man. Yvette wrote her, and she wrote her back. She remembered her, and so it was glorious fellowship by mail there for a little bit. So the seeds you sow do bear harvest. But the question remains, what kind of hearer are you? Has rocks, the rocks of hardship, been planted in your soil because of uh, disappointment, trauma? Or has temptation planted weeds in your garden? This is a call to consecration today to devote yourself to the Lord and say, Lord, prepare me to be your sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. Can we just sing that together briefly? Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy. Tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Let's bow our heads, and if you would, just lay your hand on your heart. Lord, I pray for all of us every person here, Lord, that you would give us hearts to hear your word and to understand and to grow and to be aware when other things are trying to choke out the effectiveness of what you are saying and have said. And when we're being shallow or when our ears are just wanting to be tickled, Lord, give us a hunger for your truth in Jesus' name. We receive by faith. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with us today. I usually end the service by pronouncing the ironic blessing. But today our team is going to sing it to us. And let me brag on them. They were here early putting covers on seats. Aren't they awesome?
Bless you. Go get them, tigers. <laughs>